0: You can open up to Luke 11 uh, tonight, and we'll get there in a moment. I know many are not able to come to the early service. So uh, there was an important word that came through Hans, and he's sitting right back here. And I was listening to it, I was so eager to get it in printed form, because to me it was just speaking directly to us, my family especially, since the loss that we just had. And it's not just this loss with uh, our son-in-law, but, you know, all the way back to the elections, all the way, all of the things. Bronk put it this way. He said, you know, it seems like it's been months since a ball has bounced in our direction. (laughs) And that's about the way it feels. Like, are you sure we're on the right path, Lord, you know? And so I was so uh, blessed. I was hanging on every word because I can't remember it when it came through Hans, but Because of the wonderful staff at Dave Roberson Ministries, I have a copy. (laughs) So I just want to go over this. We may talk a little bit about it. So it says, You will have many opportunities, and you have already had them, but you will see that even more is coming where you will have the temptation to follow after the things of the flesh. But to go where I am taking you it has to become a reality in your life that no matter what is happening around you, your spirit guides you, leads you, takes you by the hand, and you following after him down the path that I illuminate and down the path that I show. Now, let me pause for a moment and interject. I've been, I haven't had very long, but I've had a little while to digest this. He's not really talking here about sin, although that's always a temptation to fall back to sin. But that's not what he's talking about here. The gut punches that come. Nothing in you wants to pray, really. Nothing in you wants to confess. Don't even want to go to church. Don't want to fellowship with anybody. That's what he's talking about. Retreat. Surrender. Uh... Tired of the war. How, uh, as many phrases as I can put on it. And I've suffered it as like anybody else. I just have the benefit of being raised by O.R. Carpenter. I really do. He t- the Lord told me one time my training by my parents was perfect for what he called me to do. And my dad just taught me you just don't have any quitting sense. If you know you're in the right, you stay there. I don't care if you die there. That's just the way it is. And it's too tough for everybody else, it's just right for me. See. And that's the attitude we're going to have to have. Can you tell? Come on. So you guys are tough as the dickens. Hard as case and steel, I think is what they put it. Anyway, so let me repeat that sentence and I'll read on a little more. It said, no matter what is happening around you, your spirit guides you, leads you, takes you by the hand. And you following after him down the path that I illuminate, down the path that I show. <laughs> for there will be times when you, are, you will have to stop and wait and look for the light of the path that I am illuminating. That's called waiting on God, by the way. For when I am not lighting a path before you, it is a time to stop and say, where am I? And which direction am I to go? And that's a good thing. And you you get in his, you wait, you pray, you listen until you hear. Because in following this, there are times when temptation has overcome some, temptation has led you to a dead end. Now, uh, right there, I thought of Hagar, Abraham, Sarah. The temptation is to do something on your own to make it happen that will lead you to a dead end but you have wondered in your heart and this is see this is the gut punch is it really working how about is it really worth it how can I know really where to go it means which way to go for there have been so many times you would say but I followed you Lord I did what you said, but yet it didn't work out for me. And let me stop again and talk. We've had so many gracious, wonderful, loving, spirit-filled people praying for the election, praying for Kyle, praying for others. And like Bronx said, it looks like not a ball has bounced our way. And so that's what I, I know this. I've, I'm familiar with this. All I did what you said, Lord, and it still didn't work. Now, what's the, what's the enemy trying to accomplish there? Hath God said. Hath God said. Always his tactics have not changed since the garden. He's still trying to get us to doubt God's word. So whenever that comes, that kind of thinking, and I've had to fight it myself. But I I followed you, Lord. I did what you said, but it did not work out for me. And I would say to you, my little sheep, my lambs, those whom I love, never forsake listening and following and hearing my voice. I want to say amen. Never stop. For I will lead you in a way that you will not fail. Do not be deceived. For there have been times that, yes, you have been stopped. I'm sure nobody in this room has ever fallen out of prayer. Gary, how do you know about that? Reading on. (laughs) For there have been times that, yes, you have been stopped. Yes, it seemed as though things did not happen. But I can assure you, My promises are yes and amen. My promises are true, says the Lord. Do not be deceived. Do not allow the enemy to tell you this is not working. Now, did you hear that sentence? Do not allow the enemy to tell you this is not working. Again, I'm not an expert on the book of Job. I'm not even allowed really to teach it line on line yet. But I know this. Job did not know what was going on. He did not understand there was even a devil doing this to him. All he knew was, even if he kills me, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why this is happening. But even if he slays me, yet will I trust him. And that's that much I know we've got to have. Even when we don't see it, He's working. Even when we don't feel it, He's working. He is the way maker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness, and He is the truth. Do not let the enemy, do not allow the enemy to tell you this is not working. For I say to you, there is a leadership that I am bringing, and I have already brought to this body, and this is a time for you to look within. And He's talking about your spirit, not your soul. My soul is a beat up rascal right now. My, if my soul could step out, it's got bandages and gauze and and uh, iodine and God knows what—all black eyes. I'm beat up. If I do what I feel like, it wouldn't be good. <laughs> but my spirit is strong. My spirit trusts God. My spirit trusts the truth. And I've got to be led by my spirit and not let my soul dictate to me. Bow the knee, so. God's child is coming through. Bow the knee, so. You don't tell me what to do. You don't get up on the horse and lead this thing. You're going to run along beside and be my servant. And my spirit is going to ride the horse. And my spirit follows the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is a time for you to grab a hold of that which I have placed within you and to follow the light that I illuminate before you. And if you think you cannot see the path, just look to your brother, look to your sister and see that I am taking a body to a place that I have promised. I am taking a body to a place of revival, a place of an outpouring. A place where my spirit is free to do what I said I will do. Now that's John chapter 14. The works that I do shall you do also, and greater than these shall you do, because I go unto my Father. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's revival. That's where we're going. So do not be deceived. The enemy has not stopped you. He has not led you down the wrong way. You continue to, f- to see the enemy's trying to get you to think it's a wrong way, it's not a wrong way. Prayer, fasting, the word, worship is the right way, programs are not. Now, I'm not against all programs, God needs programs, but I, our assignment at this body, we know what we're called to do. So, do not be deceived. The enemy has not stopped you, he has not led you down the wrong way. You continue to follow me. For when the temptations of the flesh come, and that he's talking about to quit. When the temptation comes to quit, you know what to do. You know what to do. And we do because we were trained. We have a our pastor, Dave Roberson, laid out for us exactly what to do when the flesh wants to quit and the soul wants to... Wallow in self-pity and and all that. We know exactly what to do. Thank God we have been trained. Hallelujah. All right, if you haven't found Luke 11 by now, just look on with your neighbor. <laughs> I can't get out of Luke 11, and I don't think he wants me out of Luke 11. Uh, let me read it again. We're going to read 13 verses here. and then... This has everything to do with a new level of His presence. This revival, again, in history, however long there is until the Lord comes, will be known as the presence revival. That's how it will be known. Because this one is going to be Him Him working through Joel's army, each and every one of you. Him, He Himself. And we've got... Yes, sir. A little bit of recap from last Sunday night. Every Spirit-filled believer is walking in the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's with you all the time. And we know that because if you can pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit has to be in you. You can't pray in tongues without the Holy Spirit. He is the one creating the language. So you say, well, Gary, are you always in the presence of God? Yes, I am. Because God told us plainly, He sent the Holy Spirit to be in our presence since we have a hard time getting in His presence. Now, the truth of the matter is, even on those days when you don't feel no goosebumps, you don't feel close to God, those days when it seems like God is a gazillion miles away, the Holy Spirit is in you, and His presence is in you. Yet we also know there's times when there's a presence that can come, sometimes in a worship service. Again, I'll remind you for me, one time in Houston, His presence came in such a way that is not normal. It wasn't every day for me. And i my body couldn't handle it at all. it was more than I people, two guys were holding me up. I couldn't hardly talk, but when they they'd lift my hand and put it on somebody's head, splat, they'd go on the floor, and all kinds of things great things happen. absolutely wasn't me. I was barely there and I thought, <laughs> you know, I've had a lot of time to think about that, and I thought, well, what I'm pretty useless. What if the anointing comes like that on each one of us, and we're all just slain laying out in a parking lot somewhere. at the mall, His presence comes on you, you're laying in the floor, you know. We've got to come to a place where we can handle His presence at a different level. See, we're all handling His presence at a certain level, or you could not pray in tongues. I'm going to keep driving that home. You cannot pray in tongues without the presence, presence of the Holy Spirit. So every spirit-filled believer, we've been walking in that level of presence. But he's taking us to a higher level of presence. And he keeps bringing me back to Luke 11. Because at that level of presence is where the bread is delivered. By bread, I mean the anointing. I mean where the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear. So in Luke 11, Jesus had been praying. But he was far enough away from them. They couldn't tell what he was praying because they had to ask him. If they could have heard him, they would have known what he was saying. But he come uh, out of prayer. I guess I better read it. <laughs> so Luke 11, 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, now notice when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, lead us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now let me stop for just a moment. We quote that and pray that all the time, and that's okay, but he really he's talking about a pattern of prayer. Starting off with honoring God. There is no other God but you. You are my Father. Not just my God. You are my Father. Hallowed be thy name. Holy. Separate. There is no other God but you. This whole thing is about thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. As in heaven, so in earth. See? Give us day by day our daily bread. Now, this is the sentence that Jesus expounds on in the rest of this teaching. In Matthew 6, when he quotes almost identically word for word the same prayer, when he expounds on the bread, he's talking about your personal provision and that you should not worry. Consider the lily. Consider the fowls of the air. Uh, God takes care of them, and they're his pets and his garden. Won't he take care of you, you being his child? I mean, that's that's the message where he's, the bread there is talking about your personal provision. But here, as we'll see as we read on, he is talking about the anointing to deliver the bread to others. I mean, remember, healing is the children's bread. You remember that? Well, all of the miracles are the children's bread. We're supposed to serve off of God's table to the, the blind, the sick. The lame, the halt, the lost. We're supposed to be able to serve off of God's table whatever they need. Okay? So they would watch Jesus. He would go off alone, pray all night. They didn't know what he was praying. Obviously, they wouldn't have to ask him. But they'd watch after those seasons. He would come out and they'd go into a village. How did they do it back in the old Batman days? Pow, bam, socko. Y'all remember? (laughs) He'd come out aggressive, you know. Devils come out and blind people saw and withered hands straightened out and crippled. I mean, bent over people, straightened up and just on and on. And they'd watch him go pray. And then he'd come out and all of that would happen again. So recently, you know, I've been teaching on this passage. One day the Holy Spirit said it to me this way. What if Jesus was serious? And this is how he prayed. You know what my first thought was? But Jesus is God. Why would he pray like that? But see, Jesus didn't do anything as God. He did everything as a man. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Not Jesus of heaven. Jesus of Nazareth, the man. So, functioning as a man, he's plainly telling us, seriously, this is how I do it, boys. You wanted to know how I pray? This is how I do it as a man. Okay? So verse 5. I haven't even read it yet, have I? (laughs) And which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. Nothing's in the Bible by accident. Three loaves. It doesn't matter, spirit, soul, or body. Whatever they need. Some people need to be born again. That's spirit. Some people need help in their soul. Some people need help in their body. Healing. No, that's no accident, three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. How many of you know Gary Carpenter himself has no healing bread to give them? You yourself. I'm talking about in your flesh, just the natural part of us. We don't have any bread to give. That comes from God. So we go and ask us. For the bread for my friend, because I have nothing to set before him. Boy, and if this isn't the devil, this is, this is what religion wants you to think God is like. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. The door is now shut. Plain English. You can't come in. Do you get that? That's what the devil, no, that's only for Dave. That kind of bread, that anointing is only for Dave and for Benny Hinn, and for Catherine Kuhlman, and who do you think you are? No, you you don't come in here, see. This is what the devil says. Notice he says, my children are with me. Now, what does that imply? You're not my child. Who do you think you are? I cannot rise and give to thee. You stay out there, you you outfit. But I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, Yet, because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Now, the only thing I can get out of that verse don't take no for an answer. That's really that prophecy. Don't turn tail and run, don't give up, but then Jesus starts telling us the truth see that's what that's what the devil wants you to think Well you outfit you know yes. You know yesterday you were wondering if you were even saved. <laughs> you behaved so badly. You were wondering. God says you you don't have any right to come in there. The door is shut for you. You'll never walk in the anointing. You'll never have the bread. Boy, if that's not the devil. But Jesus turns it right around. And says, verse 9. But I say unto you. Ask And it shall be given you. Now, he's talking about the bread. He's talking about the anointing. Let's not lose track of what he's talking about. I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Now, hang on just a moment. See, how many years can you read a passage and be so dense? Because... He showed me a little vision of myself. Thank God the Holy Ghost sometimes needs to show you where you are. And I saw me at a castle wall and I knew there was a big door there and I knew God lived in there and He had the bread and I'm out on the porch and, and I'm asking for bread, you know. And, but I don't ever really go in there. I'm just, I'm for the, I'm just out on the porch. If castles have a porch, y'all deal with me. (laughs) Bear with me. And it was like, Gary's expecting bread to come flying, like he's gonna throw it to me, me staying outside, and the bread's gonna come, like, I saw, I'm from Pottawatomie County, I saw biscuits. <laughs> I saw biscuits being thrown over the top, you know, that's what a Gary's expecting. I'm waiting for the bread to come flying over the top of the wall, and if that's the answer, why in the world is it in here about seek, ask, and knock? If he doesn't intend for us to go inside where the Father is, the truth of it is you are his child. He's glad to see you. He's been hoping you'd show up. Come on in. i got more bread for you than you can carry away. I found that out in Houston years ago. He just barely touched me and I had more bread. I couldn't even stand under it. But thank God Jesus could and he did it as a man. That tells me we can too. We can learn to walk in that level of presence and carry it. Like we should as sons and, and kings and priests that he's made us. We can walk in that level of anointing and not be like drunken people. Okay? So Jesus is turning this right around where the devil will say, Nope, you can't come in. You're not my child. I'm not giving you any bread. And Jesus is turning it right around. You are his child. He's been waiting on you. You ask. You seek. You knock. You'll get to go in there. And you're going to carry away more bread than you know what to do with. And that's called revival. I'm preaching good. I'm preaching good. Hallelujah. Now, in verse 10, see, the devil, again, I'm not going to give you nothing the way the devil wants you to believe it. You can't come in. You're not even my child. I'm not giving you nothing. But look what Jesus says in verse 10 For everyone that asks receives. That's the exact opposite of what that devil is trying to get you to think. Everyone that asks receives. He that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. And it's because we're family. Here in a minute, he gets to talking about, what, f- right away. If, the very next verse. If a son. Jesus now is not only talking about a friend. He starts off with a f- talking about a friend. But now, he's showing us the real revelation. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father. See, he's putting it on a family relationship now. If a son shall ask bread of any one of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more Now notice, shall your heavenly Father, you are his child, how much more shall your heavenly Father notice? Give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. You say, well, I've already got the Holy Spirit. I know. I know. Gary, I can pray in other tongues. I know. But that's the level of presence that he has sent for us to walk in. But this presence that Jesus would continually go, He would, He'd go in, He would knock, ask, seek, He would go in, sometimes spend all night with His Father. And I have more to learn about that, like you have more to learn about that. But all I know is, you have to spend time with Him. For that presence to come with you when you come back out the door. See, right now I'm seeing a vision of, a picture in my mind of Moses. He wasn't even born again. Just being in the presence of God on Mount Sinai. When he come down, the people couldn't look at him. His face was shining so bright. Had to put a veil on his face. Well, what's causing that? That's that presence. That's that bread. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And it's, it's different when you spend time in His presence. Hallelujah. Now I'm just learning about this myself, and uh, I remember Dave days. Yes, sir. Well Dave would tell us. he says, the, the most heavily guarded door in all of the universe. Is the door that guards God's love. You remember that? He would see it in the vision once in a while. He said it looked like a, to him, like a big giant bank, you know, those big vaults that they have, and you got to turn the handles and turn the dials and maybe a key and whatever, and it's thick, you know. When that thing comes and starts, it's heavy. And he says the devil guards that door, trying to keep People away. It's like there's, a, like there's a sign over it. At all costs, none, none must enter here. None may enter here. And Dave would talk about the closer you get to that door, the more of a target you become. And in the worship series, he talks over and over again about that spirit man that we have is eternal and it has the capacity to pull the love of God. But he would also talk about the attacks. I wasn't going to say this, but when he keeps coming. See, in the same way that kind of goes along with the message this morning. I'm going to stay with Job. All of Job's children died. But they were not really the target, were they? Job was the target. And really, it's more than Job. It's Christ, now pre-incarnate, not born again. But the righteousness... That was in Job. The love that was in Job for God. It's like in the New Testament where it says, Can anything separate us from the love of God? Famine, pestilence, sword, and that whole list. Well, all of those things were coming on Job. Because the devil had told God, "said Look, the only reason he worships you is because you, you, you protect him and bless him all the time. You take away all that stuff and he'll curse you to, his fa- to your face. He'll curse you to your face. So what's under attack? Really, it's, it's even beyond Job. It's the love of God that's in Job. You can, you, does that make sense to you? Well, let's talk about the love of God that was in Dave. I still have not met any minister myself that oozed love like Dave. Oozed love. Uh, and he would talk about approaching that door. I was there in... Uh, uh, there's a state, Ohio. I was there in Ohio. Uh, at that meeting David finished doing what Dave does as a wonderful service and Dave was kind of tired so as Jim was doing the prelim Jim Martin was doing the ending of the service and kind of doing whatever Dave retired to Jim's office and then after we went in to see Dave afterwards you could tell something had happened and he told us he says for just a minute or two somehow I stepped into that vault that room of love, I was there. My flesh could only take it a minute or two. I, it's more than I could stand, but I, I tasted of it. See, isn't that something? Dave was the target. Why? He was a, really approaching, in a greater way than ever, that room, that door, called love. Faith works by love. Well. For the kind of revival we're going in, which this one's going to be more than, you don't have to go in that door for the gifts revival. That's a different way. Paul says, let me show you a more excellent way. So it's different than just operating in the gifts. And what's the next chapter? It's what we call the love chapter. We're going to go in there. Every attack that happens, it's not, it's not really about the child, it's not really about me. It's not really about you. The target is revival. The, trying to keep us from entering that room called love and conforming to it. But we are going to enter it. We are going to be changed by it. And God is going to have His revival. Now, for me right now, yes, sir, I'll be transparent as always. So this morning or sometime during this day, I thought, okay, what I need to do is I need to go back and re-listen to all of Dave's teachings on worship. That's a Gary idea. I think that's a good thing to do. If you've not heard Dave's teachings on worship, you need to hear them. But when I had that thought, I got a strong rebuke. Because the Lord says you already know what's on them. You're, what you need to do is not hear them. You need to do them. <laughs> Pardon me. Yikes! <laughs> I already know what's on those. I could teach them almost as good as. Well, no, no. I can, I know what's on them. I could I can relay the information. I cannot do it as good as they, but I could relay the information that's on there. So. It's okay if I listen to them maybe while I pray because I'm not going to ever quit praying in tongues. But I have got to give myself in a more substantial way to fasting, to be honest, and worship. Because Dave told us again and again, see, again and again, thank God for our pastor who, who prepared us for such a time as this. Praying in tongues is a revelation gift. We've learned that, have we not? But worship... Is a presence gift, and if this is going to be a revival of presence, I think I understand what needs to be done: Worship, private, corporate. So flesh, shut up. You want to have a little pit, you want to have a pity party? Life hasn't been good to you. Shut up. My king is calling. And I intend to answer. And my flesh can scream and cry and plead and beg all it wants. But I'm dragging it along, <laughs> I'm make it. It's going to obey me. I'm not going to obey it. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.